strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. This is Concerned Women Today with Penny Young Nance, CEO and president of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy organization for women in the nation. Coming off the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the protection for women's sports, the Biden administration doubles down on the notion that there's not male and female. The very people that call Christians science deniers deny that sex is binary, that it's determined in our DNA, that there's 6,500 different genetic differences. In fact, they tell us there's 72 different genders. I'm joined today by college athletes who have really felt the sting of this false notion of gender identity. Joining me today from Georgia Tech is Chloe Satterfield, scholarship volleyball and student athlete, Macy Petty, who is a student at Lee University. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for having us. Well, this has been a big week for women, for student athletes. You know, we have just been shocked at Concerned Women for America. Our members have been really so upset by what is happening. Of course, we commented on the fact that Leah Thomas took the trophies of women athletes. You know, I find it honestly as a a woman so shocking that the very people who claim to support women are fine with an athlete that's six foot one, who's a biological male who's a larger heart, larger lungs, bigger bones, and better oxygenate, oxygenated blood, um, who doesn't have to try as hard, honestly, competing against biological women. So I first want to start with you, Macy. Tell us your experience as an athlete who actually has had to compete against a transgender um, person. Yeah. So I, like you said, play volleyball and The female volleyball net is seven inches lower than a male's net, which is a very, very significant net decrease. And that decrease is there because of the biological advantages that men have over females. And so when I was in high school playing nationals club volleyball, we had to compete against a female's team with a male athlete. And this athlete was literally slamming the ball in our faces. And this was in the the heat of recruiting time. We had college coaches watching us when we were in high school um, and evaluating our athletic ability. So it it was really embarrassing to have another athlete slamming the ball in our faces and knowing that this athlete had this ability because of their biological advantage and not because of their hard training and um, everything like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, in utero, he is already predetermined to have more strength than the ability. So, you know, there's a reason why the men's net is higher than the women's. You did such a great job. I have to say I was with Macy with um, minority leader, which we're hoping changes in November, (laughs) Kevin McCarthy, and you did a great job in sharing your story. So I just want to just congratulate you. You're so poised and you did such a great job. And you're one of our young women for America leaders. I am. Yes. Um, Young women for America. I was just talking about in the car has opened up so many amazing opportunities for me. I joked the first time that they called me, I was standing in line for pizza and they asked me if I could testify in Tennessee and I, in front of the state legislature, the state legislature. Yes, ma'am. And I said, no, because missing a volleyball practice is unheard of. And, um, I got this deep pit in my stomach. I thought I was going to throw up. I was like, the Holy spirit is trying to tell me something right now. And so I called my volleyball coach and I asked her and I was like, is it okay if I miss? Like, you can totally say no. I was terrified. She, she said, oh my gosh, you have to go. You have to. She said, 
absolutely no question you can go, you can miss practice, which is unheard of. Um, but because of that, it opened up so many other opportunities. I've been able to go to the Georgia Tech rally and um, speak with Heritage Action and do all the things um, that we did for the 50th anniversary. And so I'm very thankful for Young Women for America because that really has opened up so many amazing opportunities. Well, and both of you were at our rally today celebrating the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So, um, Chloe, you are a student at, at Georgia Tech, which is where the um, NCAA held their swimming competition in which Leah Thomas went from competing at number 460 something as a male athlete to placing first as a woman athlete. I know it's been tough showing leadership on this. You also are a Young Women for America leader. Tell me what that's been like to be, you know, taking a strong stand on your campus. I mean, not everybody's thanked you for it, right? Of course. So when it was announced that Leah Thomas would be competing at Georgia Tech, I immediately, you know, heard from CWA and YWA and we agreed we were going to organize some kind of rally. And I was the only YWA YWA leader on my campus. I'm one of the only conservatives, unfortunately. So I said yes. And we got to work. We got in touch with Institute Relations and Center for Civic Engagement. And we got a lot of pushback from staff, from students, mainly students. And but we pulled it off and we did it. And I was terrified. I mean, I remember the day before I told my college roommate, I said, I don't know if I can go out there. I'm scared of these people. And Macy, too, we were both talking about Mm -hmm. these protesters that were right on the other side of the street where we were speaking. But I think the Lord really did something Mm -hmm. great with it because he really empowered me. And I became so much bolder after that experience. And I found my voice. And I want to thank YWA and CWA for that, because finding your voice is so important, especially in a culture where you have to stand up for things that aren't popular. And I hope that throughout the next three years I have at Georgia Tech that uh, I can continue to pour truth and hope and encouragement into other conservatives on campus. Oh, my goodness. That (laughs) kind of gives me a little little teary out here. And you sure did sound find your voice, both of you. I mean, I've listened to both of you testify today. I saw you, Chloe, um, at our rally, standing up and speaking today. You're 5'2", I believe. Yes, ma'am. You know, a, a tiny girl, but man, you've got a big voice. You've got an outside platform from which to speak. And so it was so brave. Now, I did I hear right that they had to give you security on campus? So, yes, we had a speaker come before Leah Thomas came and competed, and he was speaking about, you know, we need to keep female and male sports separate. And the student body did not take that well. And as one of the conservative leaders on campus, I was helping run the event along with a couple of other female conservatives on campus. And we did have security all day because we had protesters following us around campus um, telling us our ideology was killing children. And yeah, <laughs> Boy, that, that's projection. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it was definitely scary. But again, I think that just knowing that you're, we, we were rooted in truth and mm-hmm. I knew the Lord was going to protect yeah. us. And regardless mm-hmm. of the, the scary things that happen, I would rather be on the side of truth. Well, and that that's incredible. And I was going to say the next day, of course, the cavalry rode in with, you know, our YWA leaders and everybody came together for our rally. But my understanding is and we had Annabelle Rutledge out there leading, you know, the charge as our Young Women for America National Director. Um, And my understanding is, you know, they were all screaming 
that you all were bigots. And, you know, again, to be, to be fair, it really is a small number. They just happen to be very vocal. I mean, I am an optimistic enough to believe that anybody that's paid the least about amount of attention, even on your all, even on your campuses agree with you, but they're terrified. I mean, because they don't want to get yelled at. They don't want to be called a bigot. Nobody wants to be called that. So um, but my understanding is I heard at the event that parents and, and swimmers were coming out, slapping you all high fives and parents were coming up with tears in their eyes, thanking you. Is that true? Go for it. Oh, yes, absolutely. That was probably one of the most moving parts of the rally that we had at Tech was there were parents and friends of the female swimmers inside of the facility walking in and out and they would just come up and hug us, high five us. Some of them were crying and they would just say, thank you for being out here supporting my daughter. And I mean, I heard many, I wish there were more out here. Thank you for being here. Um, the NCAA was not happy with us. Mm-hmm. They even made a couple snide remarks about us being there. Yeah. But I think it was more important that the parents were happy we were there. Absolutely. Well, that's right. You were there to support the student athletes. Um, what's that been like for you, Macy? Have you have you been harassed because of your position on this? Because you've been very public. I have. Yes, ma'am. I would say most of most of it has come from either protesters at events or through social media. Um, I know that a lot of NCAA athletes are currently being silenced, that their school is telling them to be quiet or they lose their scholarships. Um, and they have a lot on the line there. It's their education on the line. Um, so I am proud to be a be a voice for that. And my school, the university, um, has done a phenomenal job of protecting my right to speak, protecting um, your first amendment. Absolutely. Rights. Absolutely. And, um, for that, I'm, I'm very grateful. It has put them in hot water, taking the stance that they do. Um, but I'm just, I'm grateful that there are universities out there who are standing for truth and who are letting their athletes speak up. Well, I'll, tell you right now I I serve on the board for Liberty University and that will it will never happen at Liberty University as long as you know I'm a board member and the others are there um you know uh what you said is true you know the bottom line is truth and the underlying ideology of gender identity and the politics that ensues is uh, really sexual nihilism. The bottom line, their belief is there's no truth, there's no natural law, and there is no God. But what I said today at the press conference with uh, Kevin McCarthy was that, in fact, they can say all the activists, and I really do believe it's this small minority. And I don't even put like in the entire LGB community in that Bucket. Mm-mm. Like, I think there's and I know there is disagreement with even in their own community. Um, and we were today with some women who are Women's Liberation Front and other more left leaning women that probably don't agree with us on anything that are saying, yeah, I, you know, I, I think this is wrong. I think this is hurtful. But um, I was mentioning today when I was with uh, Kevin McCarthy is that the Washington Post is a poll and 70% of Americans said they were with us. Right. Absolutely. And it's a wedge political issue. Like it, all the moms and, you know, you all are feeling it from the women, the student athletes and all that, but I'm in the generation of the mothers who have driven their daughters to swim practice at all dark 30 or travel for the track meets and done all the sacrifices and watched their daughters work so hard. We were with Riley Gaines today talking yeah. about what her day was 
was like, you know, in college, all the thing, all the work that she did in order to compete. Um, and then you have another athlete who's predisposed biologically to win. It's a, it's a scientific <laughs> issue. Yes. And so even if you're not like, you know, a Christian who believes, you know, in, in, in God creating male and female and that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, you can still understand the science and the biology behind it. Absolutely. I, I truly believe that this is the issue that is just going a little too far for them. I have a lot of teammates and people that I've played with who would identify as, um, fairly liberal in their beliefs. Um, but this is the one that hits home for them. And this is the one where it's, wait, I don't want to play against a guy. I don't want to play against someone with a biological makeup of a man who is playing on a, on a volleyball net seven inches shorter. I don't want that to happen to me. So this is the one that hits home that really makes them think, what are the differences between a man and a woman? And it, and it really brings that ideology to light that there is truth there. And we've known it for, for years and years and years. You look back and these sports have always been separated and we've always known that they should be separated. So it's really important that we hold fast to that truth now. Well, and that was the point in 1972 that there weren't women's teams. And so Mm -hmm. Patsy Mink, two democratic members passed their original legislation that was um, signed by Republican president, Richard Nixon, Um, and said, yeah, there has to be, there can't be discrimination in education. Even after they'd done the Civil Rights Act of 1964, they're still in education was, there were degrees that women couldn't even apply for. There was different, you know, some women, women had curfews, men didn't, like there was all this different things. But today it's flipped. They don't, and the Biden administration said that, you know, they're, it's fine for there to not just be, um, you know, men and women the same dorm they can force you to share a dorm room with a man if you're a woman our safe spaces are going away i mean isn't that the truth i mean the locker room issue what do you think about that honestly it's really scary to think that so many women went before us to fight for these freedoms and this protection and for our privacy and now we're having to fight for it all over again as willing as i am to fight for it it's scary that my daughter's future is on the line and her protection and her privacy is on the line. And I just, I can't believe that our, our world and our culture has brought us to a point where we have to define what a man and a woman is and that we have to tell people, if you're a man, you can't go into a woman's space. I mean, it almost seems too simple, mm-hmm. but yet I guess our world is just so broken and so corrupted from evil that things that seem like common sense are complicated mm. now. That brings to mind the scripture Isaiah 520, woe unto him that calls evil good and good evil, right? Um, I was quoting scripture as I'm prone to do at the rally um, it's celebrating women's sports. When I was talking about it's recorded in the New Testaments in various books that Jesus said, it is better that a millstone be hung around a man's neck and he being cast in the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. And if that's not a picture of what's happening when you're telling little kindergartners that, no, you may not be a boy or a girl. In fact, you should think about that and, and consider whether you're something else. In fact, you can be one of 72 genders. You can even be a dog or a fox. I mean, talking about putting up, you know, you know, a, a, a stumbling block in front of little ones and causing them to rethink things that they are not meant to think to really worry about. They don't need to be worrying about that. They just need to worry about what color of crayon they want to use. 
And so for us to um, insist on, you know, really taking away their innocence, I found outrageous, but I'm of a certain age. So maybe you can tell me what younger people think about that. Oh, I absolutely agree. You see things like drag queens coming into libraries and this, this, ideology getting pushed earlier and earlier. And now you look at the new swimming rule and yes, it is a good step in protecting women's sports. And it does show that there are biological differences, but it also is pushing this ideology even earlier. So where these kids have to start a transition by age 10 or 11 and start these harmful surgeries and, and pills and all of this other kinds of things. Um, or they're told that their true identity is never going to be accepted in the world, or they're not going to be able to swim like they want to. Well, I got to tell you as a mother, I don't know why, but parents are deluded about their kids' athletic prowess. So it, it does feel like sort of, you know, they pretend to be giving something, but they're saying the new swim rule is that, you know, that boys that haven't transitioned before 12, um, can't swim, but that means all these people who are making money and they're Mm -hmm. making billions of dollars off of this cross sex hormones hormone blockers, um, genital mutilation, really. And there's over 200 pediatric clinics in North America and the medical establishment, the, the, the medical, you know, money-making big machine is, um, telling these parents that they're going to have to choose between suicide and changing their, their child's sex. When we know changing their child's gender, um, when we know that most of the time gender dysphoria resolves itself. It's a left line. So this sort of watchful waiting is, you know, one of the other terms, you know, I don't doubt that parents are struggling, but the idea that, you know, you need to mutilate your child's body or render them sterile, which Mm. is, you know, also the consequences, make them a medical patient for the rest of their lives over something that, yes, this is a kid that's struggling, but there's no sense of reality to the idea that doing this thing isn't going to mean they're going to struggle. In fact, I would say it'd be at, it's adding gasoline to the fire. I would completely agree with that. And I can say when I was 12 or younger, I hardly knew anything about sex and gender apart from the fact that I was born a female. So therefore I'm a girl and I was playing sports at that age already. And I trained with young men too. But it almost seems like these schools, they're teaching these kinds of things. They're exploiting innocence Mm -hmm. because these kids don't know any better than what adults are telling them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really honestly, I think it's almost criminal what they're doing to American parents. And um, and this will all eventually shake out. And we're already seeing people detransition who are so broken and so hurt over what's happening. You're seeing the stories come out of teenagers who are struggling and they find these little corners of the internet where they find community, which to me as a Christian, I find so heartbreaking because that's the role the church is supposed to play, right? We're supposed to be the most loving and the most welcoming, but these are people who feel left out and, you know, perhaps are sort of on the on the edges, you know, of, of acceptance and perhaps, you know, being bullied or whatever it is. And they're lonely and they're sad. And suddenly this community and this group of adults tell them, Oh, actually here's a bus binder, young woman. You're, you're really a man. This is how you're going to be happy. And they want to call that loving, 
But what's what would truly be loving is when there's a child who is showing signs of gender dysphoria, why aren't we giving them some kind of treatment or some kind of mental health help? But rather we're saying, take these drugs, take these hormones. No, it's worse surgery. than that. They're saying it's illegal for you to counsel yeah. this child otherwise. Yes. Oh, they are? They're, yes. they're in several that. states. They are making it illegal for a for there to be any questioning by the mental health professional. Right. So, you know, it is no, you're, but you're right. There's nothing loving about it. It was just a, a couple of weeks ago in the financial times, even Hillary Clinton said that this is a losing issue for her side. And she didn't say it that directly, but she said it directly enough that she got called names over it. So if Hillary Clinton gets it suddenly, you know, it should be obvious to everyone that this is a losing political issue, that the other side's gone too far. And I think we're really going to see the difference in the voting patterns of Gen Z, because you all are the group that are now being put in this terrible position, having men in your locker rooms, having biological men in your locker rooms. Leah Thomas still dates girls. Yeah. He still likes girls and he's a biological male. And these women are being forced to to um, be in a be in a locker room with him. And he's not the only one. Yeah, He's not. And honestly, I was talking to somebody the other day. That's kind of how recruiting works. You got to figure out as a coach, your job is on the line. You got to figure out how you're going to beat your opponent. So if you're playing a biological male, the only way you're going to beat that biological male is if you recruit other biological males. That's right. And that's honestly, that's where it all, all the dominoes fall right there. That's women's sports disappearing. You know, the, I'm a traditionalist, but I got to say, I do have these moments where I start to think, you know, men think they're better at literally everything, including being women, (laughs) right? It's kind of the stolen valor. You know, you cannot become a woman by putting on high heels and putting on a dress or eyelashes or fingernails. It is a complicated our lives are complicated. We have unique vulnerabilities. And, um, you know, as much as I love being a woman and being the mother of a daughter, I also am honest about, you know, there there are some real challenges to being a woman. And it's been since Eden, right? And, <laughs> and we love being women and we love men and we love each other and we love women, whether they're on the left or the right. And, 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 you know, we, this is not a personal issue. This is really a fairness issue. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I'm so grateful to have both of you. I'm so grateful to have you as our young women for America leaders, and you all are doing a fantastic job representing young women for America, representing your schools, representing your generation, representing your sex. So thank you. And God bless you. Thank Thank you very much. All right. That that is the end of our podcast for Concerned Women today. Be sure you follow Concerned Women today. Recommend us to your friends and have them follow us. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our websites, concernedwomen.org. Thank you and God bless.